All right, this is the Humans Grappling Podcast with guest Jordan Worth. How are you, how are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing great, Mike Lady. I'm doing great. <laughs> Take awesome. two, you know what I right. mean? Right, yeah, this you know, this, it's, it, it We're ready to go now, dude. Right, yeah. Trial exactly. and error, trial and error. It's martial arts, my friend. Exactly. So how do you think about trial and error with martial arts? Like, how is that? Um, that's what... Um, all martial arts is, you know what I mean? Right. You're constantly learning, you're constantly evolving, you're constantly trying new things, and then fucking them up, and then we're allowed to cuss on here, right? Yes. Okay. Please. Hey, just making sure. <laughs> just making sure I don't want to offend the children at home. Right. Um, but yeah, dude, just trial and error is, is life, is martial arts. You try something, you mess it up, and then you try it again, and you just don't stop until it gets better. And then once you perfect that movement or or craft or whatever you're doing, you move on to a new one, you know. Right. The just nice thing about jiu-jitsu and martial arts is you never get to perfect it. It's constantly evolving, constantly changing. You can never be perfect. You're always making mistakes, mm-hmm. you know. Kind of like life. Right. Yeah, right. it's a it's an interesting metaphor for life, right? So, what where have you seen martial arts show up in your in in your like personal life or daily life or whatever? Mm, at, everywhere, you know, yeah. like um Jiu-Jitsu follows you off of the mats more than it follows you on the mats once you've been training for a long time and you mm. really start to understand Jiu-Jitsu. Um, jiu-Jitsu and, like, martial arts is just um, carrying yourself, you know what I mean? How you carry yourself off the mats and how you handle situations, dealing with high-stress situations, how you deal with, um, you know, just conflict and stuff. How, how, sure. do you, how do you face the situation in front of you? And, mm. and Jiu-Jitsu helps you deal with that. Right. Right. Yeah, I like don't even it, remember what you asked me. No, yeah, no, no. But, uh, no sorry about that. I got short-term memory, my no, friend. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, so, like, is is there, um, like, situations where, like, because of your, ju- like, not necessarily application of the jujitsu, but, like, the stuff you've learned from jujitsu, like, you've, you, you've, like, whether the, the problem-solving skills or the communication or uh, whatever, whatever you've learned, like, not technique wise in jujitsu and you've applied it to your life. Yeah, man. So like I said, it, um, in like high conflict type situations, if yeah. somebody's like yelling at you or mm-hmm. like pressing you or it just allows you to, to smile and, and to, to talk to them nicely. Con- um, a lot of, um, what's, what do the police call it? Um, de-escalation, de-escalation, there, de-escalation. there right. we go. You know, de-escalating situations, maintaining control of what's around you well like controlling yourself so that you can control what's around you better mm. because mm-hmm. as soon as you lose control over yourself you're losing control over the over your entire situation right so just controlling your brain controlling your emotions so that you can control the situation around you and act accordingly to it you know that's yeah. that's that's um and that you know what i mean that goes that goes on every single day all the time right. whether you're getting into street fights which i don't get into street fights but uh, I'll give you I'll give you an example if you're looking for an, a specific example. Sure. So I was just uh, went to a haunted house last night with my one of my best friends Austin Austin mm-hmm. Punton. He goes by mm-hmm. Aussie Blood. He's a freak show sword swallower guy. Look him oh, up. Awesome. Um, and I was with my roommate Matt, and we were driving up to his house, and I I got literally 30 seconds away from my house up to the first light, and then this car pulled up to me, this truck. And they were sitting next to me, nothing happened, and yeah. the light went green, and then I heard a honk, and they rolled down their window, and I was <laughs> like, why, like, if this person's trying to press me, why'd they wait till the light turned green? It's kind of right. strange. Yeah. 
um, <laughs> that the, uh, it's a girl driving. There's uh-huh. a guy in, in the passenger. And she's like, hey, hey, excuse me. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And then the guy leans over her and he's like, hey, motherfucker, you're the motherfucker that's been speeding up and down the street. I'm going to fucking knock you out, motherfucker. And I just was like, hey, dude, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, relax. And then I, I just, uh, and then he looked at me and he's like, fuck that. Like, if I see you again, I'm going to knock you out. And then I just smiled at him and I was like, all right, dude, have a good day. And I drove up the street and then I seen that motherfucker this morning, dude. Uh. I literally, <laughs> I seen him and his girlfriend because they live on my street, bro. And I, it's not like I'm, I'm not a bad person. I'm not speeding up my street. Yeah. I mean, I am. I'm going like probably 30, 35 in a 25. Oh, my God. Right. You know, sure. Send the, send the police. Right. I'm not. <laughs> if, I'm, I'm very cautious and wary when I drive, you know, sure. and I was in a rush to my friend's house. Yeah. But um, anyway, I seen the people this morning and I walked my dogs by them and the guy looked at me and I looked at him and I smiled and I waved at him. And he didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. He acted like nothing happened. And then I just kept on walking, you know? But, like, right. a lot of people in road rage-type situations, they get immediately angry, you yeah, know? Right. Casey, Coach Casey talks about, like, how you should be able to go to a bar and a guy should be able to fight you, and then you can make friends with him. You know right. what I mean? If a guy comes up to you and he's drunk and he's clearly, which the guy seemed drunk last night, by the way. Mm. He was, like, slurring his words and shit. That's what my right. buddy Matt told me. He was like, yeah. that guy's drunk, bro. Right. I was like, yeah, you got to leave people like that alone. Um, I could yeah. take him out of his car and pull his pants down in front <laughs> of his girlfriend <laughs> yeah. easily. But why? Yeah. There's no point in that. Sure. Uh, you know, I do that in jiu-jitsu all the time, theoretically. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Not, exactly. Not, not literally. Not literally. But, oh, um, you're, you're, you're <laughs> not oil right? checking. I'm, like, I try not to oil check too right. often. Yeah, I'm just, just turning down a little bit. It's fine. You're, you're, you're talking watch, loud enough to like... I yeah, do watch um, Turkish oil wrestling, though. Oh, to get technique? Not, not constantly. Not constantly. But I have. I have watched Turkish oil wrestling. I study all martial arts. There you go. So I do know the art of the oil check. You know, I've, right. I've watched it extensively. <laughs> what, what do you? What kind of grip on the pants do you? Do you get something out of that, or is that a for the oil check? Yeah, or not? Or the what you call it? Isn't that the one where they're like wearing diapers? Bro, Turkish they, oil wrestling. It's crazy. It? The grappling yes. community knows nothing about Turkish oil wrestling. What techniques should we why. adopt from this? So Turkish oil wrestling is the national sport of Turkey, bro. It's like a big deal in Turkey. It's All like right. the Turkish oil wrestlers are like rich and famous and like it's a big, big national part of their culture and stuff. Wow. And they have, I forgot, I think it's like 13 kilos or something. That's all, It's um, very heavy leather pants. Okay. And they soak them down in olive oil uh-huh. and they get all um, completely drenched in olive oil and then they have to wrestle and and um, I think in I forgot exactly how it was I gotta watch the video again but I forgot how to win but it's a strange way to win like if you're able to pick your opponent up then you win like mm. you don't have to take them down like if I could pick you up and lift your feet off of the floor and start walking around with you I win uh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And so, um, but since we're, they're so slippery, you can't grab grips. And so the grips they grab, bro, mm-hmm. they reach into the pants. Oh, like, man. Into, like, literally in, 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 the in into the groin, into the into the groin area, Jeez. in behind the ass cheeks area. And you can't see what's going on with their hand. <laughs> and they claim they're not grabbing each other's junk. But, you know, it's definitely looks the most <laughs> sus out of any possible martial art in right. human history. 
and it's you know so do we need to like adopt some of the, these grips i i mean <laughs> i don't know them i've never trained you, you never i've never tra- trained turkish never oil wrestling i right. tried to watch some turkish oil wrestling techniques i couldn't really find too much on youtube mm. I was, they don't I, have a they don't really have technique videos turkish oil wrestling fanatics oil. or anything they don't like have that a turkish oil wrestling fanatics you know uh-huh. but it's interesting man if you can control somebody i don't want to reach down somebody's pants but sure. if i can control somebody when they're completely lathered up and soaked in olive oil Right. That's like the best. It's like the um, uh, uh, simulation of no gi being yeah. all slippery. You know exactly. I mean? Especially in like MMA. Swampy and uh, ten <laughs> planet open yeah. mats, bro. We're right. Turkish oil wrestling. We're just right. not reaching down each other's pants. Exactly. I mean? At least I'm not. I'm right. Not. <laughs> I don't know about the others. Exactly. <laughs> that that's pretty interesting because yeah, like as we like to say, fundamentals are fundamentals, right? And to to <laughs> grab somebody and be able to pick them up, like. You, yeah, they're you doing high crotches. High crotches. So they'll reach into the, it's one, the one technique I noticed uh-huh. uh, a lot of the times how they win is by a high crotch. They'll reach into the pants with both of their legs and I think theoretically grab a gable grip inside of their pants uh-huh. and then just grab on and pick straight up into their crotch and groin area and, and high, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, high C, pick them straight up and they win, bro. There you go. Celebrate Ost Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> they're champs <laughs> right <laughs> what um threw you off with that one didn't no you? Like, no i i was about to say like you how's, ready for the turkish how, how's, how's this related to your uh, aikido studies <clears throat> i like i said i study all martial arts um i love watching martial arts i just love watching i i'm like a i don't like calling myself a hipster because i'm definitely not a hipster at all in any sense i don't dress that way or like act like those people but like hipsters do things that are not cool in spite like it's like that's why they do it because they know other people don't do it yeah that's kind of me in sure. that sense you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. i like doing things that i know other people are not doing you're contrarian like it like that's a the the cool techie word for it is like you're trying to zig where others are zagging right and some people call it artistic some people call it autistic you know what i mean <laughs> you can call it what you want special you know right i just i just i know i'm um I'm against the grain. You know sure. what I mean? If, yeah. one, if people are going left, I want to go right. If people exactly. are going right, I want to go left. I yep. don't like following every, what everybody else is doing. Sure. And so I noticed that, and also I'm a stoner, bro. And so I like just sitting down and watching random YouTube videos. Right. But I also like there to be some sort of like relative reason or benefit in my life. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times I would sit down and just get high and watch jujitsu videos but um, I got kind of bored of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I like Master Ken videos, right? I was in a Master sure. Ken video. Oh, right, yeah, that was dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah with the buggy choke. Right. And I love, like, um, McDojo stuff, like, mm-hmm. just, like, bullshit martial arts, bullshito. That shit right. is hilarious to me, dude. Right. It is so funny. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all started out, was just, like, I ran out of, not ran out, but I got bored of watching <laughs> See, the jiu-jitsu. You watched all of the I jiu-jitsu. watched all of the jiu-jitsu <laughs> content. I got bored <laughs> of watching jiu-jitsu all the time MMA all the time you know kickboxing Muay Thai watching different things like that things that are known understood that work Mm -hmm. and I was like man I'm looking for just like not to be so serious I just want to have fun sure start laughing yeah and so I put on some everybody I was I was taught I teach at legacy martial arts as well and it's like a Chuck Norris karate affiliate school but I I run the jiu-jitsu program there and I was talking to some of the karate people there 
I was showing them Aikido techniques. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what are you talking about? Aikido doesn't work, Jordan. Yeah. And I was like, look, 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 look. In jiu-jitsu, we all laugh at karate. Right. right? <laughs> exactly. So karate's but, looking but down. Karate, <laughs> but karate even looks down on Aikido and laughs at Aikido. That's hilarious. I was like, bro, Aikido, I get. As No yeah. matter what martial arts you train, yeah. you're laughing at Aikido. Right. You're like, that shit uh, don't work, bro. Yeah. The only people that think Aikido works is the people who train Aikido, those sure. weird cultist members. But right. there's a whole, like, it's uh, history is also my favorite subject. And the, the reason why Aikido does not work is because they don't actively train they don't actively um essentially roll they don't train with live resistance in like real life situations where people are not letting you do the techniques it's all choreography like demonstration essentially mm-hmm. and so if like i taught you an arm bar and i was a jiu-jitsu black belt and i taught you an arm bar and all you did was drill the arm bar and then you never did it live and then you got your jiu-jitsu black belt even though you never rolled or did that arm bar live and then you teach a student up until black belt the martial art is already lost sure that's what's happened with aikido and I a see. lot of people don't realize that mm-hmm. aikido once upon a time was like life or death like if you didn't it was knife disarms. It was like samurai shit in Japan. Mm-hmm. If you didn't prop, have a good knife disarm, kotegayeshi, like wrist turnout, you died. Like you didn't yeah. lose the match. You were dead. Yeah. You, the guy stabbed you. you. Your life's over, bro. Mm-hmm. So these techniques were literally life or death. As serious as as serious as things get. You know sure. what I mean? It's not competition. It's not a fight. It's a fight to the death. Yep. It's if you don't do this technique correctly, you lost and you died. And these techniques worked for the samurais once upon a time. But now we all laugh at them because the Aikido community is doing them incorrectly, incorrectly because of the essence of the sport. Sure. And I got I realized all of this by putting on Aikido videos to laugh at sure i was like i'm gonna put on the aikido video just for bullshit i know this is bullshit but i'm just gonna laugh right and then i was watching some aikido videos and then this one guy um did it and the way he grabbed the wrist and the way he moved i realized i was like man you know we're laughing at this movement but the way this guy did it in this specific video Man, I might be crazy. You, but you that, can't like laugh at bro, that. Bro, I know like, body mechanics. Like, sure. I know how yeah. body mechanics works. Body yeah. mechanics are body mechanics. And I kind of looked at it and was like, you know what, dude? Like, am I an idiot to think that that might work? Sure. And I was like, nah, bro, this is bullshit. And yeah. I started looking into it more. And I started um, really, really going down the rabbit hole just kind of like out of curiosity. Right. And then I started... Um, experimenting with it and using my friends and grabbing onto their wrists and like feeling what's going on and I was like oh there might be something to this wrist turnout you sure. know what I mean if you right. look down at your palms where are your palms facing inside of your body yeah make your palm face away from your body as yeah. far as you can right. you'll notice that you're leaning over to the side if you turn your thumb down and keep turning your pinky up and leaning over you'll start falling over one way that's an Aikido throw mm-hmm. right that, and um, I found some guys on YouTube that teach jiu-jitsu. This guy's like a, a Machado black belt. And then he also was training Aikido in Japan in the early 90s. And he was showing all the different wrist grips and wrist throws of Aikido and like proper functional ways to apply them. Mm-hmm. Elbows in, right? Martial yeah. arts concepts are martial arts concepts. Yep. Elbows in. Bring to your center line. Right, step in, step out, just like you're running the pipe on a single leg. Right, mm-hmm. face away. The little, little um, directional changes, things that we are already doing in the martial arts community, in the wrestling community, things that are already understood and established that work. Body mechanics, fundamentals are fundamentals. Mm-hmm. But again, because of the essence of Aikido, these things were lost. You know, and also, um, if you look at the two biggest takedown martial arts, it's wrestling and judo. Yep. Right. Yep. In wrestling, take um, wrist 
locks mm-hmm. and wrist lock takedowns where you're manipulating the wrist in order to fall somebody down, illegal. Yep. Judo, wrist lock takedowns where you are manipulating the wrist in order to get the person to fall down, illegal. Yep. So where the fuck else are we going to see these wrist lock takedowns? Only one that's doing them is Aikido. And we're all laughing at him. Right. Right? Well, I realized one day, oh, my God, dude. Because of the way I am and history being my favorite subject and me going, like, deep into, like, samurai martial arts culture and, like, Japanese culture, I realized that Japanese jiu-jitsu is Aikido. Mm. Japanese jiu-jitsu is judo. Sure. Japanese jiu-jitsu is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's all the same shit. It's it all just came, it all grappling. came from yeah. It all came. It originally came from China, actually. Oh, from like old okay. If you, if you want to be look, super, if you really want to look into it, you, you know, look but fuck that. China, bro. I don't <laughs> like China, man. You know, if you're Chinese, it's not that I don't like Chinese people. Chinese people are awesome. You know, Chinese Americans are beautiful, but um, as Americans, we don't really like China. You know sure. what I mean? There, there, there's a little bit <clears> of a, communists, yeah. brother. Sure. You know, I'm American. Right. But um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, the, <laughs> um, Kung Fu was the Chinese started all martial arts, sure. all martial arts come from China. And then the Chinese brought it over to Japan on their boats. And then the Japanese refined it. Mm. And then they made, um, jujitsu and Aikido and, and all these different martial arts for the samurais. And then from Japan, it came down into a boat down into Brazil. And then they made Brazilian jujitsu. And then from there they came to America and made the UFC. And then they made... MMA, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's history, bro. Sure. But Aikido comes from that history, dude, and we don't want to accept that. We're like, no, it doesn't work. Yeah. They're they're weirdos. Yeah. They're, they come from a different place. Yeah, exactly. Like which it, they are weirdos. They they're sure. They're, I the, went to an Aikido dojo, bro. It's like oh, a cult. Shit. How was that? Yeah, it was the strangest experience of my martial arts. <laughs> oh my god. Did you bro. have to suit up in the long like garb bro, or whatever? I didn't. I they wouldn't let me take the class. Bro. Oh, really? I walked in. They barely let me in the building, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were like, they you, you're an intruder. Bro, yeah. they all looked at me, and they all their eyes got all big, bro. Like, I wasn't supposed to be there. Did they you were, have a jiu-jitsu bro, gear on? No, dude. No. I had um just a... Just normal clothes on. I think. Uh, no, okay. no, no. I did. I did. I had. Oh, okay. I did. So, ha, so you're, I had my gi on because I just came from teaching my own classes. Oh, I see. <coughs> they thought you were dojo storming or something. I was trying to. Right. But um, <laughs> um, I walked in there, man, and they were like, "Hey, uh, do you have a mask?" And it's like, not that long ago, I went in there a couple months ago. It's and, like, COVID's over, guys. Right. You know, these people are still like freaking out about masks. They're mm. like, "Hey, where's your mask?" Sure. And I'm like, I don't have one. They're like, Oh, you have to wear a mask in here. We have one for you. And I'm like, um, okay. And they're like, what do you need? And I'm like, I'm a jiu-jitsu instructor. I'm just like interested in Aikido. I've been watching a lot of Aikido videos. And so I, I seen this is the closest Aikido school. So I came in here to check it out. I think yeah. merging the communities, you know, building, bu- building bridges and connecting people, connecting communities that are usually disconnected is always a good thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like sure. cops versus stoners. I just did the yeah. cops versus stoners thing. You exactly. Know? All of that, just bu- building bridges, community, um, togetherness is always a good thing, you know, bringing people together. And so I was trying to go in there and like, get, ascend, like just see what I could do, you know, yeah. see what they could do for me, see what I could do for them. Just interested. Exactly. And then they were like, oh, well, if you, I was like, um, can I, can I try a trial class? And they were like, um, the sensei's not in right now. She's out of town, but what is your name? Um, give us your name, your phone number, and your email, and mm. we'll put you on a list. And put you the, on a, the, a waiting the sensei list? will call you for your interview, to, for the Inter- interview, interview for the gym. Wow. And I was like, 
what the <laughs> fuck? Right. Like, holy shit, this is a cult. Yeah. Oh, my God, bro. This is a literal cult. Oh sure. my, like, bro, the lights were off. They had a shrine to Morohibe Oshiba Osensei, the oh. founder of, Oki, of Aikido. Oh, wow. It was crazy, bro. It was a very... And they were practicing in the dark? Oh, my God, bro. They were practicing in the dark with just, like, the dimly lit room of the fake candles up on the shrine. <laughs> it was literally a cult, bro. It was wow. crazy. It was a fat guy named Chance teaching the class. Chance was very nice. Shout out to Chance. He was ex- <laughs> He was very nice. Very welcoming, the nicest guy in the room. Uh-huh. But everybody else was strange, bro. Mm. Very, very. The guy, the older guy that was talking to me, like, just didn't. He was like, "You can't come onto the mats." I was like, "Um, okay." Okay. <laughs> Fine. But yeah, Aikido's yeah. very strange, man. They're a bunch of weirdos. Um, but their techniques, once upon a time, worked. The sure. way they're the way they're practicing them, yeah, obviously doesn't work. Right. But that's again, if you did an arm bar. And you never live trained the armbar, and you only drilled, and then you got a black belt, and then you taught that same armbar that you've never done live to right. your student, uh-huh. and that per and you've never really rolled, and then you just teach your student an armbar, and then you that student gets a black belt. By the second generation, by you, it's already gone. Right. You know what I mean? But by the second generation, it's really gone. And this has mm-hmm. been going on generations in Aikido. You know, mm-hmm. it's been like I think Aikido was to, was um, created. Aikido and Judo were created around the same time. Um, Aikido was created by Morihibe Oshiba, and Judo was created by Jigoro Kano. And then um, Jigoro Kano watched a Aikido demonstration in the early 1900s. It came like I, I'm bad on the years, but it was around 1910, around 1905, 1910, mm-hmm. 1920, in that era, early 1900s. Yeah. And uh, Kano, the founder of Judo, watched an Aikido demonstration, and um, he said that it was the purest form of Budo that he had ever seen. Budo is like martial arts. Okay, so, so so circa 1910, like it was legit. Back when it was actually being done by Morihibe Oshiba is like a Bruce Lee type figure, bro. Uh-huh. He's like, especially in the Aikido community, he's like a god, bro. Mm. Like he's like, like they treat that guy, oh, sensei. bro. Oh, sensei, man. Uh-huh. He's like he's like Bruce Lee on steroids to the oh, max. Shit. The way they the way they respect that guy, it's hilarious. Uh-huh. There's like lore, There's like um, a bunch of like old school videos of people running up to him and him like just throwing people to the sides and shit and like black and white footage. Mm. There's like lore. There's like lore. Like hey, he's like the best fighter ever. You know, mm. a lot of those ones where they're just running at people and they're turning to the side and just pushing them and they're flipping and flopping and rolling. Yeah, yeah, that's I don't demonstration. Really, it's like, demonstration, yeah. you know. Yeah. But there are techniques, man. Especially the like I said, the wrist turnout techniques. There's kotegaeshi. There's gokyo. There's sankyo. And there's ikyo. All of those four that I just said right there are very applicable for jujitsu and they are very rarely used Mm -hmm. i mean in the way like if you've never like seen these techniques before like when you first put them on me i was like oh okay yeah like you're grabbing both sides of my hand with your two hands like it's a a like like it's a it's a two-on-one it's (laughs) and your hands are you know elbows are in your elbows are in like (laughs) everything's like fundamentally sound here like i'm not gonna like you shouldn't be mad at this technique and it's like you're holding a video game controller and you're like you you get to pick what direction i'm going exactly man that's yeah i i'm um sometimes i'm mad at my brain you know a lot of the times I, i i mean i don't say it out loud but i think it like i wish i was more normal like i just was like a normal normal person i'm not like super abnormal but i do 
like I said, when people go right, I just have the inherent tendency to go left. Sure. I wish I could go right, bro. I don't yeah. want to go left. <laughs> I like sure. honestly going it's left. Harder. Stuff, it's bro, harder. It's way yeah. harder going right. left, man. But that's yeah. just how I work, dude. You know. Right. So this is one of the one of the times where it's it's came out in my favor, and I've, I feel like I've discovered something that isn't really being taken seriously, and it's underutilized in the martial arts community. Yeah, definitely. And, and to kind of like reemphasize that point of like there is no like proving ground or there's there's it's very underdeveloped like wrestling judo um all these other takedown arts are like they, they have actual competitions actual because like, they're actually live training against each right, other like exactly. the beginning of the podcast um, yeah. trial and error yeah you know what I we mean? need tr- live you trial need and error trial yeah. and error as yeah. soon as you stop doing trial and error and there's only success and it's fake success right you, everything is lost everything's yeah. gone it's exactly. all la la land now it's not real right you know mm-hmm. and that's where that's the the disconnect is because once upon a time this shit was as real as it gets it was knife disarmed it was the highest level it, it was people it like didn't to get talk any about, more real bro yeah, if you yeah. lie, if you didn't do it you died yeah like, the highest stakes like it, it didn't, yeah man there wasn't any it didn't get there wasn't any more thing to be on the line it was the sure. highest like Techni- you, you think people train hard for ADCC or, yeah, exactly. or EBI or imagine like, if your life was on the line. Yeah, exactly. Right. How hard would you train if, yes. if the, the if alternative work, was died. died. Yeah. yeah. Right. And these people, these are the techniques that people relied on hundreds of years ago when before guns, when people were only using swords and knives and then you lost your sword or knife and you had to fight somebody you're unarmed and they have a weapon. Well, I hope that you're training some sort of techniques that might be able to help you in that type of situation. You know, exactly. we don't have these situations anymore because of guns. Right. But yeah. guns, you know, <laughs> the, the, guns uh, won, brother. Yeah, guns, exactly. Guns changed everything. Right. The West came in. Yeah. And they're like, oh man, we have guns. Yeah. Imagine being a samurai, bro. Right. How and mad seeing a would gun, you be, right? dude? Yeah, you invested your oh, whole life in God, this skill set, and now fuck. it's. And now it's I over. <laughs> I honestly feel bad for them, dude. I'm like, bro, like they just yeah. dedicated their entire lives to learning this craft. And then they just came in and got shot. Right. Like, fuck. Yeah. Like you asshole, bro. That's yeah. how the Brazilians felt with heel hooks. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's how any incumbent feels about a new technology. Right? Exactly. Like how do you feel about, or the, the people who uh, drove horse-drawn carriages, how did they feel about cars, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like the, now they're the horse yeah, industry is... Assholes. Yeah, right? <laughs> or, or uh, you know, like typewriters and typewriter, like people who specialized in that or maintain the typewriters. Now there's computers, right? They're, exactly. They're, there's always the... And the people, the old generation that are their lives are built around that type of technology. When it gets phased out, they're like in a weird situation. You sure. Know? Yeah. And they have to ad- adapt or like not, not do so well. But right? at least with normal people, when a new technology comes in, they just have to adapt to the new technology. And they're like, ah, man, back in my day, right. The samurais yeah. died, bro. Sure. They got no, shot. No, that, yeah. That's the highest stakes. And, then, yeah. and yeah. then the surviving ones, they got like pushed down a, a, a class. Like they mm. were, they didn't really have a place in society anymore. I see. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're like, weren't they like, wasn't the warrior class the most esteemed mm-hmm. class or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, they, even though like they dedicated their whole lives and like probably didn't have a pleasant life, but at least they were like treated whatever. Well, for, yeah. for in exchange for that. But exactly. but now the deal was like yeah. 
pulled out from underneath them. Mm-hmm. So, damn. Well, that's the little like keto rant. You know, you right. got me going down a rabbit hole, lately. No, dude, keep going down. If there's more, to, if oh, there's man, dude, there's all sorts of stuff, man. Uh, Otherwise, I have my boring questions, but like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about like going down rabbit holes. Going down crazy. I got a lot of rabbit holes, brother. All right, I got a lot of them. How did you get into leg locks specifically? What? What? How did I get into leg locks? Is that or for how did I start realizing? How did I get good at leg locks? Sure. Yes. Which? E- either. I got yeah. into. I was never not into leg locks, bro. Okay. Because you, so, you're. So oh, me, you've always been in a tough planet. Um. So I've never. Um. When I first started training jiu-jitsu, I was training at a gym, a local gym in Henderson that doesn't exist anymore, called Sunset Boxing MMA. Mm-hmm. And Sunset Boxing MMA, just by perchance, their program was um, MMA orientated, and also it is expensive to get a gi, and it's mm. just easier to train no gi. It's just more <laughs> practical for MMA, right. and the gym was had an MMA orientated goal, sure. and so the guy wanted a no gi program. So I started out training no gi. Nice. And so and and um. I just grew up watching MMA. MMA was my household sport. My mm. dad got his blue belt in 1994, and like I grew Damn. up getting put in like triangles and arm bars and rear naked chokes and Americanas and like him sweeping me and doing all sorts of stuff. And now my dad was taught by a Brazilian guy named Gustavo Dantes, and um, Gustavo Dantes was actually the guy that Eddie Bravo beat the first round before he had his match with Hoyler. Oh, Small wow. world. Wow. Um, <laughs> But anyway, my dad wasn't really practicing leg locks on me too, too much, but I was watching UFC. I was watching Pride. I was watching MMA. Mm-hmm. And leg locks happened. You know yeah. what I mean? They didn't happen a ton, but they sure. happened. Even yeah. back then, they happened. Mm. And so I never had the idea of like there's any difference or anything at all different between a straight ankle lock and an arm bar. I see. It's yeah. the same exact thing sure it's a joint lock yep it's literally all it is right i didn't realize that there was this like crazy brazilian disconnect and like hatred towards leg locks yeah. until i got to 10th planet and i had been training jiu-jitsu for like four years bro. oh wow i didn't know <laughs> Right? I didn't know i just um a couple times i was like i uh, i was confused um Cause I remember going for heel hooks and shit and my coach, he was a purple belt and he's like, came up out of the Gracie's, um, uh, Mika. But, um, I remember going for a heel hook one time when I was like 16 or 17 and he didn't teach me a heel hook. I learned mm. most of my submissions on YouTube. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. And I remember going for a heel hook and him looking at me and he was like, ah, Oh, like, Oh, like, be careful. Be careful. Yeah. And I remember looking at him, like looking at him kind of strange. Like, what are you talking about? Be careful. Like I'm no, not this doing just like, a normal, this is just a, a lock. leg lock bro yeah. like i'm just trying to leg lock him like what yeah. are you talking about and he like treated it exponentially different and mm-hmm. like made some crazy facial f- facial features and that's like the first time i realized i'd already been training for probably a year oh, and that's yeah. the first time i realized like oh there's like some weird there's something weird going on with leg locks like people don't like leg i didn't even really pay any attention up to it and my coach yeah. didn't really say anything to me uh-huh. and then when i came to 10th planet that's when i realized that there's this whole um like anti thing in leg locks and the Brazilians in jiu-jitsu that was going on at the time for so long. And it was sure. like, I think like Eddie and Joe was the first ones to tell me about it. You know, mm. I was like listening to podcasts and that's right. how I found out. I was like, Oh, what? Like, that's weird. That doesn't really make sense. And then again, history is my favorite subject. And so I looked into it and 
oh, the Gracies tried to monopolize jiu-jitsu, and in order to be the best, you have to claim that you're the best. What happens if you're losing? Right. Oh, well, oh. you have to slander your opponents. And you have those to, are illegal. You <laughs> have to, oh, they're dirty techniques. They're dirty. Uh, sure. Oh, the only, the only people doing these techniques are Luta Livre guys and dirty Sambo guys. It's mm. the dirty Russians, and it's the poor people from the favelas that can't afford geese. All mm. these dirty fuckers, <laughs> the dirty techniques. It's like what they did with fucking marijuana and, sure. and brown people and black people and reefer madness it was right. like there was this thing out there marijuana right and in the early 1920s this machine came out that was gonna revolutionize the entire world and change all of, um that was gonna convert hemp into paper effectively it was the called the, the decorticator and henry hurst or albert hurst i always fuck his first name up but fucking hurst he has hurst's castle it william randolph hurst that guy yeah. yep that guy i, I, re- I remember the joe rogan story he ran the papers at the time bro he yeah. is the media he is the press he prints the papers bro sure. and so he's in charge of what people are reading what information is going on all his friends are in hollywood and now there's this new machine coming out that's going to cost him a ton of money called the decorticator that's going to have to change his paper mills into these hemp mills and so what is Changing he technologies new, oh new no technology. new technology it's going to yeah. cost me a bunch of money and what's right. going to go on how can i stop this in its tracks oh well i have a bunch of friends in hollywood i'm going to fund this false movie called reefer madness what is everybody afraid of everybody's racist so we're going to paint mexicans and brown people doing atrocities to white people and smoking this mexican marijuana this mexican herb and everybody's going crazy and getting reefer madness and oh no we need to make marijuana marijuana not hemp nobody even knew not, what they yeah. were doing sure we need to make marijuana illegal. Illegal. Ah. Well, what did you just do? You just fucked the world, bro. You, right. We had this sick-ass technology about to come out, mm-hmm. but this fucking pussy who was afraid of spending a couple dollars just, just flipped the world on its head and completely right. changed history, dude. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that, man. Right. And that's essentially what was going on with jiu-jitsu and leg locks is – Jiu-jitsu is going on. The Gracies are trying to monopolize jiu-jitsu. They're trying to say, we are the best. There's nobody better than the Gracies. The jiu-jitsu right. is the best. It's you Gracie wanna, jiu-jitsu. It's, it's Gracie there, there, jiu-jitsu. There, there is no Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's, it's exactly. only it's Gracie not, jiu-jitsu. It's not Brazilian jiu-jitsu, bro. It's right. Gracie jiu-jitsu. This shit's right. done in the gi. Yeah. Uh, you know? And now they're losing a couple matches. They're losing matches to these guys that are catch wrestlers. They're yeah. losing to these guys that are luta livre guys. They're losing mm. to these sambo guys. Oh no, people are starting to wake up and realize that we have a hole in our game. Instead of fixing the hole in our game, let's slander our foes and just paint Mm -hmm. them in a bad, false painting in a false in a in a false um in a false way you know sure. and so that's how the idea of leg locks being too dangerous or dirty or like a um a technique that you shouldn't do that's where the whole idea came from was because the gracies were losing a couple of challenge matches yeah, right people don't even know that let's sit back grappling like <laughs> whatever yeah. at least 20 years exactly or set that grappling a bunch, yeah. ton of years exactly yeah. and so um so yeah when i first started training jiu-jitsu i was training everything i was doing yeah. the truck i was doing calf slicers i was doing toe holds i was doing straight ankle locks heel hooks i was doing everything you mm-hmm. know and then um but i didn't really know what i was doing i was watching sure. youtube videos shout out submissions 101 right back in the day there you um go. and then I took a Eddie Cummings seminar when mm-hmm. I was a white belt. Casey took Casey brought Eddie Cummings in, or I don't know if he was just visiting town, but somehow Casey got Eddie Cummings in there, and it was a free seminar. Wow! And Eddie Cummings is just 
fucking murking everybody with leg locks at the time. Right. And so I came in and I took the seminar and he showed like this leg pummeling drill and then finishing mechanics from Ashi for an outside heel hook. And that's really all he showed. Mm-hmm. And like how to like stick, how to what Ashi was, and like how to stay connected, how to finish from outside, outside heel hook finishing mechanics. And I remember after I took the seminar as a shithead, like nineteen year old, twenty year old kid, I was like, ah, man, I knew that's why the seminar would be free. He I fucking hid all the good details. He kept all the secret <laughs> shit. He didn't really show us anything. I knew all this shit already. Like, oh, he, I, fuck, I waste, I'm wasting my time. Like, oh, da, 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 like a uh, fucking idiot. You know sure. what I mean? Just a piece when you of have shit. Eddie Cummings in your Bro, fucking yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I thought he was like. I was wrong, sure. exponentially wrong, sure. but I thought he was like hiding his good shit. I see. Like he yeah. wasn't showing the real shit. He wasn't showing the real, like uh, the real, which he probably wasn't. Sure. You know, but I wasn't ready for the good shit. Sure. What he showed me completely changed my life, dude. Mm-hmm. I went from tapping, like I was a white belt and I, I mean, I don't want to, fuck it, bro. I was a white belt. I was tapping like blues and purple belts, right? Occasionally. Cause I was a white belt for like four years, bro. I wasn't oh, a white wow. belt. Dang. So I'm a white belt. I'm like, I was competing at the blue belt level and winning for three of those four years as well. Mm-hmm. Like placing, getting, beating blue belts, getting first place on the podiums and shit. Sure. Right. And so I was a white belt going, tapping purple and um, blue and purple belts, having rough matches with brown and black belts. You know, I wasn't usually tapping them. If I did tap them, it was like, a, uh, I got extremely lucky. You sure. know what I mean? I caught them slipping. They were tired, some shit. Yeah. To where I was consistently beating purple belts and sometimes brown belts and sometimes black belts. Yeah. And I, it happened almost overnight. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, if I locked Ashi on somebody, they couldn't get away. Mm. They were fucking trapped. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, dude, this is completely different than how I've ever been training. And it changed the way I looked at jujitsu and leg locks specifically. And that's when I started to systematize my leg locks. Mm-hmm. And that's when things went from a heel hook, right? Oh, I'm doing a heel hook. It wasn't even outside or inside heel hook for it's me at that a, point. A... It was just a heel hook, bro. Sure. I'm going to go for a heel hook, guys. Right. right? It was, I'm going for a heel hook to I'm going from an inside heel hook from 50-50. Uh-huh. I'm going to lock and secure Ashigarami and then secure an outside heel hook from mm. Ashigarami. Mm-hmm. I had never th- had a thought process this way where mm-hmm. I was seeing it a position as every leg entanglement as its own position. Sure. And once I had that mental change, my game completely just skyrocketed. I was right. like, oh, wow. He taught me some really, really powerful shit. Man. That, that you didn't even know. At the I time. didn't know at the time, man. Right. Like, I knew it was really powerful, but I didn't know it was going to happen like that for me. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, dude, like, this guy taught me some really, really valuable shit that just changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, people know me as a leg locker and right. this, that, yeah. I've taken one. Eddie Cummings seminar. <laughs> That's how powerful. Shout out Eddie Cummings, bro. right? Yeah, where? Right off in the sunset with right. Octavia Bourdain or Natalia Bourdain or whatever exactly. the fuck her name is. Oh man, or R.I.P. I'm wearing a R.I.P. Anthony bro. Bourdain. As wearing Anthony, bro. The Bourdain. universe is weird, son. right? Yeah. Strange, man. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's dope. Like, because yeah, when I was coming up, it was. Uh, we were, uh, I, I came up under a gi school and we were only limited to the submissions at our belt level. IBJJF like approved submissions at each belt level. So white, like when I started white belt, couldn't wrist lock or mm-hmm. 
whatever. And then when I got my blue belt, like immediately everyone started wrist locking me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all the upper belts oh, were, no! like, were, were like, here you go. And then <laughs> we, we couldn't like, you couldn't even start to think about leg locks until brown belt. That's like you, you crazy, couldn't, bro. you couldn't That's knee ludicrous. bar, couldn't toe hold, and you couldn't heel hook like that. The like Gracie's heel. got them, bro. Right? Yeah. Man, hook, yeah. line, sinker. They brought that Gracie, Gracie jujitsu, bro. Yeah, it was an old school kind of like traditional jujitsu place, and I, I learned great fundamentals from there. But I had to like mix it up when I came out here. I was like, okay, let me do something completely different. Let me yeah. come to Tenth Planet and. And it was around when uh, Dan or her death, <coughs> death squad was coming up. Oh, so nice. I was like, I was like, okay, let me just learn these these leg lock things. <laughs> and I, yeah, entered these leg lock things. Yeah, exactly. Because not realizing the can of worms you've just unlocked. And I didn't even really learn them until I don't know, maybe even just this last year. Like I felt like I really started to understand them because like the first week when I started. Um, Doug was like heel hooking me and like straight ankle locking me. I was like, I don't, I have no idea what this is. Tap. Like I, yeah. I just, I had no concept of defense <laughs> to leg locks, but now like, I feel like I'm more, I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm good at them, but you're pretty I, good. At that I, I, I'm a pretty good leg locker. I, you're a, hard to catch in a leg lock. Yeah. So I, you've gotten exponentially on, on, better this year. On, leg on, locks yeah. For sure. on, on a relative basis. Yeah. I'm probably better than the average person. So it's, um, interesting to see the, I don't know, the shift in, yeah, like, like you said, it's just another joint lock. It's, it's, it's the, a and, joint lock, just and, like anything else. And we're talking about how it's like, I, the, uh, uh, Aikido of, of the, the feet. Cause like you're turn <laughs> you're like, it's the end joint, right? Yes. Like we're, we're trying to lock out the wrist in a certain way and like eventually it's going to break off. Yeah. Your you heels do. don't naturally point to the roof. Right. I'm trying to make your heel turn out or in and lift up. Yeah. If I do that, you're fucked. Exactly. You're in a bad spot, my friend. Yeah. Your knee's going to start twisting all sorts of wrong ways. That's terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good to, like, even if, like, you're if you're out there, I don't know if anybody watching this would be against leg locks. I don't know. I, I've made, I have some old school jujitsu people on my Instagram, so maybe we'll, it'll reach them. But, like, give leg locks a try. Like, they're fun. And learning to attack them will help your defense. So it's yes. like you have to, it, even if you hate them, like you always say this, is like if you understand the attack, then it just helps your defense. So another thing is that I've, I've you've heard me go on this rant in yeah. this speech in class before. But, sure. Um, another reason why, besides the Gracie propaganda of why people are um, inherently afraid of mm -hmm. leg locks yeah. is because they are so misunderstood. Sure. One of the reasons why they are so misunderstood is because of the Gracie propaganda. Mm -hmm. But um, if you are um, afraid of something, afraid of, okay, so what's the biggest fear in life? Death. Death, right? Death is the sole driving factor of all living, living beings. It's the biggest fear. Why is it the biggest fear? Because we don't know. Because it's the unknown, like lady, mm -hmm. exactly. Because we don't know what's going to happen when we die, right? And that fear never goes away because we don't know what the hell life is. Sure. We don't know really what's going on, man. Like another, your pastor, your dad, your friend, your preacher, somebody could try and tell you and try and give you like consolidation and try and ease your anxiety of death. 
But at the end of the day, bro, you don't know what's going to happen when that light clicks off. Sure. It could be the end. It could be just... We, we, we could, may see the other side. Like, we bro, may get glimpses, like, going out in yeah, jiu-jitsu. Like, there could be... There could be... What if there is no other side, bro? That's the fucking cold, dark, atheist idea, right? There is nothing, right? Turn right, but, like, like you, you went out you went out in one of your uh, yes. recent matches, right? And you yes. said it was the most psychedelic thing you've... Yes. You've, I'm a firm believer of energy is never created nor destroyed. And so sure. I don't think that when I die that I'm going to stop. I think the energy inside of me mm-hmm. is flowing inside of everything and has always been here. No matter... Ever since things have been here, I've been here. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I also don't know exactly oh. what I believe. Sorry. Alexa, stop. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Um, but... Um, Pretty much nobody knows exactly what's going to happen when our lights turn off. Sure. And everybody wants to know. That's where religion comes from. And so everybody wants to ease their anxiety of death. Like, oh, if I do everything right and I follow God and I do my, dot my X's and, 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 and cross my T's, then when I die, I'll go to heaven. Well, yeah. how do you know heaven exists? Sure. There's like 10 other religions that doesn't, there's like a hundred other religions that don't believe in heaven. There's a bunch of atheists that believe in science that believe they're going to turn to dust and that's it. Like this is, this is, this is all they have, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like pretty much what I'm saying is, um, all the basis of all fear comes from the unknown. And Mm -hmm. the biggest one is death. And because, and the reason why it's death is because that's the most unknown. And now back to leg locks. All All right. right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, People are afraid of leg locks because they don't understand leg locks. They're afraid of their leg getting hurt because they don't understand how exactly their leg is going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you don't know how to properly attack the submission and you don't know the braking mechanics and what goes where and why this happens and what's going on like body mechanic wise, you're going to be afraid yeah. because you don't know. Yeah. Right. Because the the consequences are extreme. There's extreme consequences, and there's extreme consequence because of your ignorance on the positions. If you don't know where to go, I'm afraid. I feel like I'm gonna turn and pop my knee. Well, if you turn the wrong way and he has you in this spot, you might pop your knee. But that's not going to be homeboy's fault. That's going to be your fault because you exploded the wrong direction when he had a heel hook. It's Mm -hmm. not that the guy cranked the heel hook. It's that you fucking freaked the fuck out because you're so afraid of leg locks and you panic and turn Mm -hmm. the wrong way and then your knee blew out and now there's this stigma and stereotype against leg locks like, oh, they're dangerous. Oh, did you hear about John? John tore his ACL. Now he's out for nine months. Now he's out for six months. And yeah, they are inherently more dangerous because they're attacking ligaments Mm-hmm. and not bones mm-hmm. you know what i mean sure and um the other thing is as well is because people don't understand the proper body mechanics i've seen a jean donaher not jean donaher um jean jacques machado jean jacques machado video where if you hold your hand out and you open your fingers up and you grab your pointer finger and you pull it backwards towards your knuckles you will stop and you will feel pain and you'll say tap and your brain, your pain signals, your pain receptors will go off. It will hurt. You will not break your finger unless you're a crazy person and you know when to stop. Now, if you grab that same finger and you pull it towards your thumb, there is no pain going that direction. Pull it towards your thumb or pull it towards your pinky, right? Pull it around like that way. There's no pain going that direction. Why? Because you're attacking the ligaments of mm-hmm. your finger now, not the bones, not the joints, not the muscles. It, like the it's, the, not, the muscles aren't stopping you here, or like the or the muscles are stopping you the, here. 
but then the, the hinge is stopping you here. Right. The end of yeah. the joint, the yeah. joint and the bones are stopping you here. Yep. Yep. And that's why it hurts. Sure. But when you go the other direction, it's yeah. your ligaments and mm -hmm. like your muscles and your tendons holding you in that spot. So sure. it won't hurt until you pull it past that point. But we all know as human beings, if I pull too far that way, my finger is going to click. And after that initial click, that's when the pain comes sure the pain doesn't come until after the click right. and so that's what's happening with heel hooks mm -hmm. they're like and then there's also stubbornness because of ignorance sure. and, and, and of lack of lack of understanding of the position people are used to them being typical joint locks where I feel pain my right. brain's telling me ow okay tap well now you got to rely on your brain and you're just understanding how your body works you should know that your heel does not rotate towards the roof right. it's not gonna hurt it's mm -hmm. not going to hurt until it pops. Sure. But you know if it push it past your range of motion, it's going to click, it's going to pop, and then after that click and pop, you're going to have extreme pain. Right. And you're going to be like, ah, I hate leg locks. <laughs> like, fuck, dude. Like, you know, it's just ignorance, bro. Yeah. It's just it's just lack of education. And, and there's, you know, those are some of the biggest things. The Gracie's propaganda, you're attacking a ligament, not a joint. And you know what I mean? So your pain receptors aren't going to go off. So you have to know the proper time to tap instead of feeling the proper time to tap. Sure. And then, um, just, it's just, yeah. it's extra just ignorance, brother. It, it, just it's ignorance. It, it's everything a, I just listed. It, it's a longer time to heal. Like, yes. like if, ah, if you're the, the heel time. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's a heel yeah. time. So, so like yes. if you're, it's a different type of injury because yeah. you're attacking the ligaments, not the bones. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, it's just, and of course, like the, grappling. the, uh, the gym owners are incentivized to not teach leg locks to keep people uninjured. Like, ah, you right? bring up another point, brother. Right. So you we're lo looking you, into it. You look into it, brother. You right. have questions. You follow the dollar. You will find your answers. Exactly. Right? Right. Always. The first one I was coming down to was the Gracies were trying to monopolize jujitsu. Yep. Right. That's a great point. I didn't even think of that. Right. Yeah. You don't want to scare people away by getting their legs popped or anything bad happening to them. And then so... Yeah, that they, they don't want to stop the membership. They don't want to for stop the months. memberships for six, eight months to, right. to get that ACL recovered. That makes sense. I didn't even yeah. think of that. That's exactly. crazy, Mike Lady. Nice, yeah, right? Good so conversation, my friend. Yeah, it, it, it's not like a yeah other types of joint locks where you can kind of like like I have a bad elbow like now, but I can still do shit with it. You've you've got number of injuries, but you can still train, right? Yes. But ACL <laughs> like that affects your walking right yes that affects people's livelihoods mm. like it's not just the gym owner like losing out on a student but it's also like that person like if Lose, they losing out on the livelihood of their life exactly yeah yeah <laughs> quality like, of life yeah it worked that is another one too walking yeah. walking to their work or whatever if you break or, your arm you got another arm you could still walk around you break exactly. your leg you can't walk no more yeah yeah, yeah. So, so there is a bigger yeah there is a, a slightly more reason i guess if you want to put it that sure. way in order we're, to we're, we're giving box. we're bringing balanced but viewpoints to that's <laughs> just more show. of the reason to educate yourself on sure. them and to, yeah. so that you can protect yourself on them protect yourself because at all times yeah. exactly if that's the th so you do train jujitsu yes okay well in jujitsu there is leg locks and heel hooks right. okay i i agree all right well you don't want to get injured you don't want your acl torn i also agree yes yep. i'm on board right well you train jujitsu check you don't want your acl torn check and heel hooks and leg locks are allowed check 
Well, you better fucking pray to God that you learn and educate yourself leg locks. Yep. You can't be mad at the game. Don't sure. hate the game, right? right? Don't hate the player. Hate mm. the game. Mm. You know, get out sure. of the game then, man. Right. It's like, oh, you love jujitsu, but I hate leg locks. You're confused, yeah. my friend. Yeah. It's sure. like it's, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. So we're playing the game of death, man. It's yeah. Fun, you know, it's what happens. Educate yourself. Find when's the proper time to tap and tap. Tap early. Don't tap late. Yeah, tap early. Tap often. Yeah. Uh, it, it's that try and fail. Exactly. It, it's that trial and error. Exactly, yeah. my friend. Right. Um, so let's see. So what do you, like, you just, you compete a lot. You have a competition coming up or maybe we'll, we'll see. But, like, what do you define success? What, how do you, like, define success for yourself in all this competition? You're, you're teaching a lot. Mm-hmm. You, what, 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 how, do you, how would you define success for yourself? Um, you got me at a loss for words, Mike Lady. Right. Um, so I guess I could, instead of asking you questions, I could just answer. Um, well, no, so no, no. What, what, what do you need clarifying on? Or? I'm not successful. Okay. So, so like, what are you, so what are you the, saying define success so, so, for so, me? So, okay, so I not, have not achieved that is what okay, I'm so, saying. Okay, so, so what do you, so what, how do you feel like, what, at what point would you achieve that? What is the, you're, you're defining yourself by not, by saying you're not it. So, so I'm, what, so what is, I'm trying is to become successful and sure. I have successes in my life and sure. I have things that I am very grateful for and I consider successes and I have successes in my life, but define successful and, you know, the way you word, I, I forgot exactly how you worded it, but the yeah. way you were wording it, I, I feel like I hadn't um, achieved that yet. Sure. The way, you, okay. the way you worded it, I was like, well, I'm not defined like successful. Um, like, what, what, do you, what do you see as successful? Well, definitely sure. not me, bro. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I don't make the money that I want to make. Sure. I'm still single right now. I don't have my family um, that mm-hmm. I plan on having in the future. I don't have um, a, a school right now and teaching to my students. I'm not in the UFC yet. Sure. I'm not in the ADCC yet. Sure. So it's like, fuck, man, I'm not very successful if you want me to be honest. But, but like, if like you, that's the- those are where those, I, what are my goals? What are my, where, what is um, my, where am I trying to go with my success? What sure. am I trying to be successful at? Yeah. I'm trying to make it into the UFC, and I don't even like saying trying. I'm going to make it into the UFC. I know I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. I've gotten, I've taken a little bit more time than I foreseen for myself, which is another reason why I didn't, I didn't want to say that I am successful. Because at this point in my life, being 26, I've seen myself in a very different set of shoes. But that's also, and there's nobody to blame at that except for my own fault. Mm. And so I've um, been really trying to go grind and get into gear lately and competing as much as I can and just being as mature as I possibly can, being the best coach I can be, being the best student I can be, just being the best um, teammate that I can be, just being the best that I can be. Sure. You know what I mean? There you go. Because I've always been um, talented, but talent gets passed up when talent does not work hard. Sure. You know what I mean? And I've always, it's never that I've been extremely lazy, but I, um, 
for sure in my early 20s, I should have been working way harder than I was, man. Mm. And, you know, that's just me being honest. Sure. If I would have been doing dotting my, uh, doing everything that I'm supposed to do, I have full confidence telling you that I would be in the UFC right now sitting at this table. Yeah. And I'm 26, and I have full confidence telling you right now sitting at this table that I will be in the UFC. And that's when... And even when I'm in the UFC, you're going to ask me that question again. Oh, Jordan, right. uh, what are your successes? Do you consider yourself successful or whatever you said? If I'm just yeah. in the UFC, I'm still going to say, no, I'm not right. successful. You're not like, a champion yet. Yeah. Bro, I'm not yeah. not even – because honestly, dude, like I would like to become champion, and I see right. myself becoming champion, but yeah. I was going to say my goals and some yeah. of the things that I foresee for myself – is I want to prove not only to myself, mainly to myself, bro, because yeah. I don't really care about, you shouldn't care about the thoughts and the opinions of other people. Sure. There are things in this life that I need to do in order to impress my own self. Sure. And I am acknowledgement, I'm an in, I am in acknowledgement that I have not successfully done those things and I am trying to correct my errors and successfully do those things that I know I am capable of. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So at this point in my life, I feel like I should be in the UFC. And that's, you know, at the, if I did everything correctly sure. in a fucking yeah. perfect world. Oh, yeah. duh, 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 you know, uh -huh. I'm not trying to be that guy, but right. Um, with with everything that was going for me, I, if I keep doing everything correctly, I know I will get into the UFC, and I have plans of being in the top ten, and hopefully in the top five, and hopefully fighting for the title, and hopefully winning the title. Right. Do I have to win the title and fight for the title in order to say that I am successful? No, I don't have to go that mm, far. Sure. But I also am an acknowledgement that I know I'm going to make it into the UFC in the future, and I don't want to just take the short end and just be like, yeah, man, you know, I made it to the UFC. I'm here. I'm in the big leagues. Like, yeah. no, that's not what I'm going to do. Sure. I'm, I'm not going to be happy until I'm in the top 10. Mm -hmm. I need to show the world and myself specifically that I am one of the best in the world. Yeah. And you're not one of the best in the world unless you're in the top 10. For sure. And yeah. so, you know, that's like a short-term goal. And even saying right. that, I almost feel a little upset at myself, like saying I'm not, like, committing right now. Like, I will be the champion. Uh -huh. Like, fucking yeah. Brandon Moreno, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, <laughs> but I will be the champion. Right. You know, like, yeah. it's fucking, that's a really, really, really tough, tough, tough um, yeah. thing yeah. to pull off. Exactly. I, I'm going to go for that route. But I am fully confident that I'm going to make it into the top 10, and I plan on fighting for the title. I fucking hope I win the title. Right. But that's that's my main goal. That's like mm. one of the things in my career-wise that I see for myself and that I, I'm going to be very upset at myself if I grow old and I don't accomplish at least that. Sure. Is getting to the UFC and getting to the top 10 in the UFC because I know that's if I like fell short. You know mm. what I mean? That's mm. like if I fell short. Right. If everything, if all the stars align, I'll be the champ. Sure. I'll be the UFC champion. But I'm also a realist, and I also acknowledge how difficult and how, um, how just how difficult that is to do. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it's a realistic goal for myself. And also, I don't want to put that goal on myself and put that weight on myself and then get older and then forever be bitter and regretful that, I, oh, man, I never became champion. Yeah. I, I, thought, I told myself I was going to be champ and I never became champ. Like, right. I want my goals for myself to be, I know I'm going to accomplish them. Yeah. I know it. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm going to get to the UFC and I know I'm going to get in the top 10. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And so... Um, Another goals of mine is to open up my own jiu-jitsu school. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that right now just because I'm not ready as a coach in my career yet. But sure. that's something I would like to do in my future. Right. And then hopefully, you know, find a, a wife and kids, bro, and start my own family. That's right. like something that 
I'm not going to be, if I don't do that, at least then then you're, if you're just a human, you're not really successful in life. You know what I mean? So Mm. fortunately that's how life is. Sure. That's that's always the number one driving factor. That's the the number one driving goal. Pass on the genes. Yeah. Pass the genes on, you know, make my parents happy, keep my family going, you know, keep my last name going. Sure. Normal human instinct. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) No, that's dope. Like I, I, I feel you on the, (coughs) um, you you're doing it for yourself right like you, the, all those goals is like you don't want to impress anybody else like it's not you're exactly you're, man. you're you, you want to like for me i i want to win trials like that's my big yes that's my big goal is like didn't quite get, make it there this year but I'll, I which you try. had a hell of a showing by the yeah, way you thank did you awesome exactly but so it was like i still like felt good about like making it to like oh shit i i went up uh, against uh, fucking Elder Cruz, like dude who was actually in you in the in the ADCC yes. proper tournament. I was like, okay, like I I'm at least at that level, exactly at that level. Like he beat Bro, you me made by it to three. day two of the ADCC. You're he, in the top. You're in the top percentile of your weight. Yeah, you're at that level. Right. So that was that was re reassuring to see that. I was like, okay, this isn't entirely like I'm not like dreaming this, or this isn't like entirely like outside of the realm of possibility no yeah you, you realized firsthand training with the guy yeah. that's doing it you yeah. know what i mean yeah. he's doing yeah. what what you what you feel like you can do and then right. you get to feel him firsthand exactly which so, is another reason why i i say we train with the about, ufc fighters bro, all the time. i train yeah. with these guys man yeah. i teach them bro yeah. they ask me <laughs> questions right. dog. they're coming to me but please please jordan show me this you yeah. know like sure and that's not to toot my own horn, but that's just right. to, to, to be um, You're acknowledging. You're being real about it. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just acknowledging my own level and where I yeah. should be and compared to where I am at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I'm acknowledging that I am very talented and other people know that I'm very talented. It's just up to me to show the world now and to make sure that I, not even the world, myself. Yeah. Most importantly, you know, I, I don't want to disappoint my own self. Sure. I don't want to grow old and grow bitter and then be disappointed and then not accomplish the goals. Who who does? You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. And but most people do. Sure. It's no, just the reality you're, you're, of it. Bro. You're at least most chase, people, you're chasing people, the dream. Yeah. Most people grow old and grow bitter, bro. And they're yeah. like, oh, bad. you know, I could have did this. Oh, bad. Sure. You know, when I was younger, I could have been a pro baseball player. If I uh, would have just done my shit correctly, I would have been in the NFL. Oh, man, I used to run this fast. I used to jump this high. I used to do this. Oh, I beat that guy and this guy. Oh, right. da, da. I, that, that's... My biggest fear. Sure. That's not me. That's yeah. not who I'm going to be. And I'm mm-hmm. very acknowledging, acknowledging that that is the majority of people. Sure. And it's a scary just reality. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a scary thing to use your eyes and use your ears and look around you. How many people accomplished the shit that they set out to do when they were younger? Right. Very few people. Yeah. And in the case, he talks about it all the time. It's like a thief in the night between your athleticism and between your potential, um, between your youth and your athleticism and then your um you growing old and your intelligence and your life experience right and so they're constantly um one's coming up right as you get older your life experience is is getting better so the older you get the more life experience the more wisdom the more knowledge you gain but the older you get the more your body starts to um, just go backwards. We're getting older, you know what I mean? And then somewhere in between 25 and 35, the two meet, right? Casey talks about it all the time. Casey thinks it's 35. I think it's 30. 
But when the two meet, when you're at your athletic prime and then your knowledge and then your know-how of life come and both of them are very high, you need to strike when that iron is hot. And if you don't strike when that iron is hot, you're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked, dude. You mm. missed it. Yep. You missed it, bro. Time yeah. doesn't go backwards, dog. There's time dropping down in the hourglass, and if you don't fucking move, it's going to move past you, and you're going to turn into that guy. Yeah. You're going to be like, oh, man, I could have done this. I could have done that. Well, you didn't, bro. Nobody gives a fuck. Shut up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so it's that's like a very, a, very big weight, and it's a very concerning thing in my own head. And that's, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to run right now. I'm trying yeah. to sprint. You know what I mean? Anything sure. I can do to, to get where I know I'm going to go, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do at the moment. Yeah. Definitely. And, and that's, um, yeah, definitely something that's, yeah, I, I have that same feeling too. It's like, I'm why I train at 6am like five days a week, because that's when I can consistently work on the dream. It's like, yeah. it, it's when, uh, I have no other responsibilities. Nobody's like talking to me at work, like wanting me to do something or I don't have to whatever do stuff around the house it's like this is my time to work on my dream and this is yeah. um f- i'm fortunate enough to like have be at a gym where that's five days a week like mo- most places don't have as big of a 6 a.m program as we do <laughs> like i, I think very very few places in the world have as big of a 6 a.m program right? as we do the, it's, it's crazy you it's fuckers get up that early and right? train with me yeah. I'm like, oh my God, bro. I wake up in my bed and I'm like, really, bro? They're going to wake up and train with me? Like, fuck. All these people are going to show up. Like, there's going to be like 20, 30, maybe more people there. Like, right. wow, that's crazy, man. But yeah. it's, it's humbling for me and it, and it motivates me to, to get up and to come coach you guys, you know, because I know exactly. people are going to be there. Oh, shit. We've got, we've got it tomorrow. So we should probably yes. wrap it up soon. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I forgot about that. I was like, oh, okay. for sure. Yeah, it's nine. Cool. Well, do you think I can I give a couple of shout outs to yeah, my sponsors please. and stuff before I go? Please. So um, shout out to Hardeen Cannabis Dispensary, the best dispensary in Las Vegas. If you're ever in Las Vegas, come through. They got celebrities there all the time. They treat me really good. They treat other uh, jiu-jitsu athletes really well. They sponsor me and a few other people. They're just great people over there at Hardeen. So shout, um, shout out to Hardeen and shout out to Synergy Brand. Um, he's a local mushroom uh company in uh uh, oakland um microdosing is a very very popular thing right now and they they help me a ton they help me organize my own thoughts they help me control my uh, performance anxiety before i compete i've taken i've microdosed before every single tournament Mm -hmm. since june of last year oh wow so any tournament you've watched me since june of 2021 i've been on mushrooms for and now I have an official company to represent and to sponsor. So That's dope. shout out to Synergy Brand. Nice. They've been helping me out. And yeah, thank Sweet. you guys. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Akuzo, my unofficial official okay. yes, <laughs> rash sir. guard sponsor. But yeah, no, they got some good stuff, man. Right? Yeah. Super clean rashies. Um, yeah. So I think we're done plugging people. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks thank you guys. By. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. Great conversation today. I we looked into it. Yes, sir. <laughs>